One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And I know that even though we were in your ears just last week, on our end of things, it's been two weeks. And I I gotta say, I really missed you guys. I did too. It's weird how much comfort, inspiration, grounding I get from doing this. So it's good to be back, you guys. I missed you. I had a very, very, very important week that we can talk about more at the end, but... It's good to be here, and it's Sadie's night, which is also good because after one of the biggest and most important weeks of my life, I have limited brain capacity. (laughs) I got you back. I got it. Thanks, Eck. What are you telling the people about today? This is the murder of Mark Stover. 57-year-old Mark Stover spent his life completely dedicated to dogs. People who knew him said he spent so much time with them, meaning the dogs, that in some ways he was more dog than man. He grew up on Mercer Island, a city that, as its name suggests, is on an island (laughs) in the middle of Washington Lake between Bellevue and Seattle. As a kid, Mark went by Ted, short for his first name Theodore, and lived with his mom and older sister. Mark's dad had died when he was only two years old, and then one of his sisters died shortly after. Mm. His mother, who worked in a furniture shop in downtown Seattle, remarried multiple times, but no relationship seemed to last, and she seriously struggled after experiencing such great loss. Mark's first family dog was a German shepherd named Greta. When Mark was just a teenager, Greta died. And their next dog, another German Shepherd, but this time a boy named Gunter, was the animal that would change everything for Mark. By all accounts, the two were inseparable, and Mark's sister remembered the two by saying, quote, Ted and Gunter bonded immediately. (laughs) Mark struggled as a teenager and was kicked out of high school in the 10th grade for smoking dope in the middle of what friends called a, quote, wild streak. Despite this, Mark was a smart man and loved to learn. He especially loved politics and history. After leaving high school, Mark, quote, drifted around for several years, joined the Merchant Marines, 
then found his passion and talent in the dog world, eventually becoming one of the most successful and well-regarded dog trainers in the Northwest. Ugh, God. I don't even need to know any more about this man. All I need to know is how much you love dogs, and that mm-hmm. that says a lot. That says yep. vol- speaks volumes about a person, yes. in my opinion. I don't know if I say it later, but there I read an article that talks about how he would like get down on all fours and like look dogs in the eyes, and then just immediately know exactly what they needed to wow. be trained. And yeah, he he was clearly a very very good dog trainer. <laughs> Even during his teen years, Mark stayed committed to his dog Gunter and managed to train him to be a search and rescue dog. By the time he was 18 years old, Mark was both breeding and training German shepherds, quote, building his loyal clientele one dog at a time. After getting his GED, he went on to college and graduated with his degree in psychology and a minor in history. He would later say that he picked psychology as his major so he could better understand the way people and dogs both worked. After college, Mark continued to grow his dog training and breeding business and became well-known in the area and well-liked by most. Quote, he was definitely different than the average guy, Bill Moss said, uh, his best friend growing up. Most people in the city are so boring, but he would have this different slice of life to offer and it was funny. He always had funny things to say or a witty retort. He was the king of one-liners. Mark was an avid hunter and gun collector with more than 30 weapons in his arsenal. He was known for his, quote, persistence, ambition, and strong-willed personality, which drew many to him, but also caused Mark to not shy away from confrontation. This led him to having some enemies along the way, too. He met his wife, Linda Updike, in the early 1990s. She would later say that she met Mark after looking through the yellow pages for a dog trainer, which brought her to Mark. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) The two fell in love and went to work setting up a new dog training and boarding business would share. Linda's father, Wally, was an incredibly wealthy man and, quote, an entrepreneur and one of the founders of Chateau St. Michel, the winery. Mm. Wow. 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 Right? I mean, like, big deal. Yeah. We all know that wine. I'm drinking it right now. (laughs) (laughs) At 9 in the morning. 9.13 a.m. My friends were just here and James... um, my business partner was on the plane and he said this woman was drinking wine. Like they get on the plane and this mm-hmm. woman starts drinking wine and it turned into a fight like this. She started oh, no. fighting her seatmate and we were talking about breakfast wine and oh God, I just, mm-mm. no, I can't breakfast wine. No, my belly. And just thinking <laughs> about putting wine in my belly first thing in the morning. <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't know why mimosas don't count as breakfast yeah. wine, but the bubbles help. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really like mimosas. So mm-hmm. for me, that's also breakfast also, wine. No. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want that. I don't want mm-hmm. wine in the morning, but yes, no. mimosas are slightly different because of bubbles, but still. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I'm definitely not don't want Chateau Saint Michel right now <laughs> <laughs> on an airplane. <laughs> In 1982, Wally bought Kiket Island near La Conner, Washington, for 1.4 million dollars, and this is where Mark and Linda decided to live and set up their new business. Wow! They turned the island into an oasis for dogs. The Puget Sound Business Journal reported in 2005, quote. For $45 a day, dogs get out three times daily for exercise, running on trails, getting beach time to swim and play, plus pedicures, grooming, and detailed attention to any special dietary needs. 
One man insists that his dog got a sardine with every meal. Another dog gets five bones a day with meals. <laughs> okay, you just unlocked something that I didn't realize that I wanted in my life, which is Dog Island. Seriously. Seriously. <sighs> drop your dog off on Dog Island. They get pampered, trained, returned to you. No, I don't want to drop Perfect. my dog off on Dog Island. I you want to own. live on, dog island, on <laughs> well, dog island. Contact Wally Updike. Oh, man. As Mark's reputation as a dog trainer grew, people all over the Pacific Northwest started to seek him out to train their dogs. Not only did he train dogs for the local police department, but he worked with some of the most wealthy and influential people in the Northwest. Mariners baseball star Ichiro Suzuki, Starbucks chairman Howard Schultz, and Eddie Vedder, the lead singer of Pearl Jam, were among the list of his clientele. Wow. After being together for 11 years, Linda and Mark married in 2002. Despite the fact they'd been together for so long, their marriage wasn't an easy one. Mark's best friend, Bill, later told reporters, quote, everything was going great until this dark cloud appeared. Mm-mm, I don't want the dark cloud. I want no. the happy dog island to stay. I know. Linda would later say the more money Mark made, the more obsessed he became with money. He wanted to control every penny he and Linda made, and if Linda spent too much, even on something small like an avocado, Mark would fly into a rage. And again, like Mark came from nothing. Mm-hmm. It was like very hard childhood. Yeah. Linda, on the other hand, has never needed a thing in her life. Most money. Yeah. Yes. Her dad was buying islands in 1982. No prob. Yep. Linda started to put distance between them and she got into horse racing. And I think she got into actually racing the horses, not just like betting on horse racing, but like she was a a horse. Yeah. Yeah. She started spending large amounts of time away from the island, which added to the strain on their marriage. Linda would later tell 48 Hours, quote, I recognized Mark was really somebody different than I had thought he was. He was in rages and he had tantrums all the time. Every day it was very, very difficult to live with. I saw him becoming more aggressive with people, for example, on the property. So like his employees and Mm -hmm. uh, even some of his clients and just in general, he started to get a little bit uh, grumpy, heated. Yeah. Yeah. By 2006, after only three years of marriage, the two separated. The divorce was final in 2008. And on October 28th, 2009, Mark Stover disappeared. Mm-hmm. So that morning, Amber Baker, who was employed by Mark, arrived to start her day. She was the first one there and noticed the dogs were barking uncontrollably. As she walked up to the house where Mark lived, she noticed blood in the driveway mm-hmm. and thought the dogs had killed an animal overnight. She went to the back door and found it was locked. Mark was known to leave his doors unlocked because of the dogs he lived with that were trained to protect him. He felt they were enough to keep him from harm. Mm -hmm. Amber said when she tried to turn the knob and it didn't open, she suddenly became terrified. Instead of knocking to be let in, she turned around and left. Mm -hmm. Good idea. Soon after Amber left, another employee arrived and saw Mark's white station wagon backed up to the door. She watched as someone she believed to be Mark as he packed up items into the back of his vehicle and then sped off down the long driveway. Quote, 
He got in his car and just screamed down the road, didn't hardly stop at all at the street, and then just took off. A few minutes later, she went up to the house to use the bathroom. When she opened the door, she said the smell of bleach blasted her in the face. When she looked down, she saw three drops of blood on the floor. She spent the day trying to get a hold of Mark, but he never answered his cell phone. She also realized that Mark's favorite and most protective dog, whose name was Ding, was missing. Mm -hmm. They called her, I think, Dingo, but called her Ding. So cute. The next day, Mark still wasn't home and never showed for work, but they did find Ding. They found her lying under the carport, badly injured. Mm. When one of Mark's employees approached her, she started to growl and they could see she was in trouble. When they got her to the vet, they were shocked to learn that Ding had been shot three times mm. in the head. Oh my God. Ding. Yeah, ding. I know. Wow. And then I read later that she survived her wounds, but then died a few months later of cancer. Wow. Ding. ding. I wow. I know. I know. Poor dog. So after this discovery, police were called and the search for Mark began. Authorities searched Mark's home and the surrounding wilderness. They even deployed a mini submarine to search the sea floor, but no trace of Mark was found. They did find traces of blood on his property, the one in the driveway, and then multiple spots inside the house. Luckily for detectives, they didn't have to look very far to find Mark's white station wagon. The day before Mark was reported missing, a 911 call came in about someone trespassing on property just a few miles away from Mark's business. The caller told dispatch that they were actively watching a man move a large item wrapped in plastic from a white station wagon into a black SUV. Oh, shit. Yes. They even said that they thought that it could be a body. I'm also just going to point out right now that you said trespassing because people are going to think that you think that it's trespassing, but you don't. <laughs> oh, trespassing. Yeah. Just, have to, just those of you who are listening and think Sadie says trespassing, she doesn't. Just like to keep it interesting to those listening. <laughs> so they had the license plate number for the SUV and gave it to the police. Deputies were sent to the area and were able to find the SUV and pull it over. The driver was identified as Michael Oakes, and the officer who pulled him over noticed Oakes was wearing sunglasses despite the rainy day and said he was acting extremely nervous. Dude. The deputy also noticed a large bundle in the back of his SUV, but had no reason to search the vehicle, so let Oakes off with a warning for trespassing. What? Mm-hmm. No big deal. What? The next day, after Mark was reported missing, authorities found the report for his abandoned vehicle and realized it was very possible the large bundle in the back of the SUV had been Mark's body. Oh, my God. It turned out that Michael Oakes worked as a self-taught security expert and was the current live-in boyfriend to none other than Linda Updike. No, Linda, don't do it, Linda. Yeah, Mark's ex-wife. Also, self-taught security, that does not inspire confidence. (laughs) No, 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 no. no. I don't think that that's a thing. Well, it is. shouldn't be a thing. Michael Oakes. When police learned about Mark and Linda's marriage and Rocky divorce, the pieces of Mark's case quickly started to fall into place. Linda explained that after she and Mark were married, he became controlling and angry. 
She did all she could to make the marriage work, but after a few years, she had enough and decided to leave. When Linda told Mark she wanted to divorce, she said Mark went crazy. Quote, he went just sheer white, his eyes just crazy. He clenched his hands and fists, and he was just in a shaking rage. He says to her, quote, you've got war. I'm not going to grant this to you. You've got a big fight on your hands. So after they separated, Linda said that she left Mark the business in the house that they shared, and she moved across the Cascade Mountains to Winthrop, Washington, to get away and start over. She didn't ask for a payout for her half of the business and told police she hoped he wouldn't fight her if she gave him everything he wanted. But according to her, this wasn't at all what happened. Linda claimed that Mark started stalking her and would call her constantly. When she didn't answer, he would leave angry voicemails screaming at her and threatening to hurt her. She said, quote, he was driving all over the state to try to find me. I probably had 50 or 100 calls on any given day. He told me he would hunt me down and he was going to ruin my life. She said that one day she was at home in her, quote, remote mountain hideout, more than 150 miles away from where Mark should have been, when she looked out her window and saw Mark, quote, hunkered down in the bushes. Ooh, if that's he was true. holding, Ooh. Yeah. He was holding a hunting rifle and had it pointed right at Linda, looking at her through the scope. She also claimed that another night, Mark broke into her house and threatened her with a gun. Quote, I was in bed about nine at night. He walked in and he's got a gun in his hand, she said. He put the gun right next to my head on the pillow and he got down on his knees and he was pleading with me not to leave him or the marriage. After this encounter, Linda called the local sheriff, but they didn't have enough evidence against Mark to arrest him. But when a neighbor caught Mark digging through Linda's trash, police were called and Mark was arrested. So Mark accepted a plea deal for stalking and was sentenced to a year's probation. He was also ordered to surrender all of his firearms. Mm -hmm. From that moment on, he never threatened Linda again. Having his guns taken away seemed to be what he needed to stop harassing his ex-wife and move on. Despite this, Linda said her first thought after she learned that Mark was missing wasn't concerned for his well-being, but she wondered if Mark was on his way to kill her. Mm. And a lot of this is tricky because it's coming from Linda. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's not, and I was aggressive and called her a lot and harassed her and possibly stalked her. But the severity of those crimes is unknown because the only, right. yeah, the only yeah, person. It's hard. Yeah. And I it's don't hard. leave her. Exactly. But yeah. But that's tricky because mm -hmm. we talk a lot about that and stalking and about how when people are being stalked, then nothing gets done until it's too late. And so if he was actually aggressively stalking her, that's fucking terrible. Yeah. Yes. And she deserves the to chance defend to defend herself. herself. Yeah. Yes. So friends of Mark said in the months before he went missing, he'd started dating a new woman and had planned to ask her to marry him. His business continued to grow and Mark had plenty to look forward to. People who knew Mark agreed that he had a big personality and could take things too far. They are sure he pushed it with Linda and made mistakes, but they also believe that she is more manipulative and cunning than she appears. Mm -hmm. They used the fact that soon after their separation, Linda started sleeping with Mark's best friend and the best man at their wedding. Yikes. They say that Linda was well aware how mad Mark would be 
and it would likely push him over the edge, but she did it to upset him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it really in by account again. So now when we're on Mark's side, like all of his friends say, no, she she was just as bad as Mark. Like they were sort of bad together yeah. and very similar types of personalities. Yep. Um, she played the victim in the media, of course, but. In fact, she pushed him as much as he pushed her, or even mm-hmm. even back and forth. And that their relationship was always like that. Super volatile and Yeah. Like War of the Roses. Pull yeah. that reference right out of nineteen. Right. Well, that's what they actually <laughs> Yeah. One of the articles I read, that's exactly what they said. It's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. You're mm-hmm. breaking up and you just escalate, escalate, escalate. And, right. And nobody yeah. really knows why, because there, you know, there wasn't, we'll get more into it, but there wasn't, she really did give him the business and mm-hmm. like, you know, so there wasn't much fight over, but they just couldn't stop yeah. fighting and making, trying to make each other miserable is what it like. Yeah. So by the middle of 2009, Mark seemed to have finally moved past his obsession with Linda this off of Kiket Island. And by all accounts, he was happy. Linda had also moved on. She said her fear for Mark caused her to look into self-defense classes and ways to protect herself. She hired weapons expert, I'll use those terms lightly, Mm -hmm. Michael Oakes to help her secure her house and set it up so she would be more protected from Mark. During this time, the two fell in love and quickly moved in together. As authorities continued to dig into Mark's life, Leading up to his disappearance, they learned that just two months before he went missing, in August of 2009, Mark found himself in trouble after someone called 911 to report that Mark was going to be involved in a drug deal the next morning. The caller was a man who refused to identify himself, and he spoke to dispatch at a whisper. Mm-hmm. When the dispatcher asked the caller why they were whispering, he said, quote, This is very dangerous. Carries a gun. I wish you could, I wish you guys would do something before he kills somebody. Wow. Police went ahead and pulled Mark over the next day and searched his vehicle. During the search, they found a, quote, small metallic box on the undercarriage of Mark's vehicle, which contained a couple of marijuana cigarettes and some very low grade cocaine. I love the term marijuana cigarette. I do too. (laughs) Low grade cocaine. Like cocaine mixed with baking soda. Yep. Mark insisted he knew nothing about the drugs and that someone had planted them there. Police also thought it was suspicious and let him go with the promise they'd look into it more. Mark hired a private investigator to see who framed him and started telling people that Linda wanted him out of the picture. If anything happened to him, it was her fault. Interesting. So Mark, this is Mark now. uh, Yeah, so Mark... The boyfriend. No, no, no. So Oaks, we're going to call... The boyfriend is Michael. Michael. Oaks. Sorry, that's what I meant. Michael. So Mark is the hus- the dog trainer. Got it. Okay, got it. Yes, sorry. I know the... So Mark is the dog trainer. Michael Oaks is the boyfriend. Got but it. But we will call him Oaks. Okay. So the ex-husband is getting framed for marijuana yes. cigarettes. Yes. Got it. You're right. So now we have moved. Yeah. So now it's Mark, the the victim of the story who's yes. getting framed. And somebody, some man is anonymously whispering at dispatchers about his dangerous dark. drug dealings. Yes. Got it. And then they find two marijuana cigarettes and some low grade cocaine mm-hmm. attached to the bottom side of his car. Because that's where you keep your huge drug deal that you're getting ready to do. <laughs> 
couple couple doobies on the undercarriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just taking those right up to to, like to Canada, Canada. And nobody will ever notice nope. the metallic box. Kind of get thirty five dollars for these. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. If I'm lucky, right? More like probably twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> The first time police questioned Michael Oakes, they met him at the home he shared with Linda. So again, Oakes is the guy who's driving the black SUV. Right. And they pulled him over and were like, nah, no big deal. What's that bundle in the back? We don't care. Not going to investigate. They said Oakes admitted to being in Anacortes the day Mark went missing, but said he was there visiting his ex-wife. Before they could ask more questions, investigators said that Oakes started acting very nervous and told them he needed to go get his medication out of his car. Mm -hmm. The detectives watched as he walked to his vehicle, grabbed a bag out of the back of the SUV, and then quickly threw it down a steep embankment. No big deal. Oh, my God. I'm joking a lot during this episode, and I apologize because there's still a dead person Somebody was murdered, but man, sometimes these people make it so hard to take seriously. Yes, this guy really is that. Yes, I agree with you. I was fully entertained by how bad he was at this. And I'm so sorry for Mark that he had to be a part of it because that sucks. But this guy is bad. When police retrieved the bag, they found a 22 caliber pistol inside. They already had plenty against Oaks at this point, and when he yeeted that gun off a cliff, authorities went ahead and arrested him then and there on suspicions of murder. Did you say yeeted? As yeeted, my yeah. My nephew's thing, my nephew, that was great. <laughs> I had to. My child, if when if he when and if he ever listens to this, yeah. that is for you, my eight-year-old. Yes. Everything it's is yeeted. Everything is everything. yeeted. Everything. They think it's hilarious. They never stop saying it. It is pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Yes. My, uh, speaking, just a quick side, my five-year-old this morning came to me He's been experimenting with swears, and the rule is that if he can use them appropriately, not overuse them, know when to use them, then we don't really, he won't get in trouble at home if he swears. I think that's good. Right. Yeah, it's silly that we teach kids not to swear because then you grow up and swear constantly. Yeah. And and they do overuse it. And then we're like, okay, no more swears today because you guys are just swearing. You sound like your Aunt Courtney. You need to tell me today. Exactly. So then... Uh, my five-year-old comes in and he's like, why can we hold up all of our fingers? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like completely random sort of conversation. Yeah. He's like, well, if when you hold up all of them, you're also holding up your middle finger. And I was like, well, but yeah, but like your middle finger is just a finger. It's yeah. And he was like, well, do you know what it means? And I was like, what does it mean? And he said, it means fuck. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And I said, but I don't really want you to say that this early in the morning. Like, I don't want to talk about that right now. And he was like, he looked me dead in my eyes and he said, well, I can still say it in my head. <laughs> I said, you, know, you sure can. You know. And then he just stood there and looked up into like up hot, you know, into the air and just sat there. It's fuck, just fuck, quiet. Fuck, fuck. Yeah. And I was like, are you, are you saying it right now in your head? And he was like, yep. And you can't stop me. <laughs> God. So oh, true. my God. Uh, <sighs> so there you go. He's eating. Couldn't be more proud. Yeah, eating the f bombs right out into the universe, <laughs> just filling up the filling up the sacred space <laughs> with f bombs. That a boy. I know you're, you. You've made me proud. I'm very proud. <sighs> so those who knew Oaks, especially his four children, were shocked by the arrest. 
Oakes had full custody of his kids from his first marriage. I think he was married twice before he met Linda. So mm. the ex-wife he went to visit in Anacortes is not the mother of his children. Not that it really matters, but... So he had full custody of his four children. And by all accounts, he was a loving and kind father. He was described as a small man, only five foot, six inches tall. And his children said he didn't have a mean bone in his body. As the child of a Boeing supervisor, Oakes grew up overseas. He was always small for his age, but his mom said it helped him to learn how to stand up for himself, saying, quote, he's a little warrior, but he's a gentle warrior. When Mark got older, he became a self-taught security specialist, <laughs> so good. Uh-huh. skilled in firearms, and ended up doing some training with SWAT teams as well. I just picture him immediately doing nunchucks in the backyard, D- solo yes. style, right? And he is a very small man. Yeah. Not that that matters at all, but he just is. So it's not like he's this big hulking bodyguard guy. Yeah, He's short and slim and geeky looking. Yeah. Very unassuming yep. dude. Yeah, picture it pretty clearly. Yeah. yeah, like with his nunchucks in the backyard. Oy. He started working as a security expert, making sure homes and businesses were p- protected from various threats. After his arrest, Oakes told police that Mark had stopped stalking Linda after Mark was arrested. But what Linda didn't know was that Mark hadn't stopped completely. He had just switched from stalking Linda to stalking Oakes. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yes. So Oakes is now in, in jail. He got yep. arrested for throwing yep. the gun over the... And now he's saying that Mark... He, everybody said, no, Mark stopped after he got in trouble. That was enough. He was like, okay, I'll leave Linda alone. But then now Oakes is saying, actually, he just started to stalk me instead. Uh-huh. Oakes claimed that Mark started following and harassing him. And that one morning, Mark approached him in the parking lot of Costco. Mark told Oakes that he knew who he was and that he was in a relationship with Linda. Mark then threatened Oakes and told him that he wanted his wedding photo albums back. So Mark wanted his, he and Linda's wedding photos back. Yeah. And so Oakes better go get them. Yeah. If Oakes didn't return them to Mark, Mark would hurt Oakes's kids because that's what you do. You, this is very much giving I, Tanya, the bar, bodyguard and I, Tanya. That's yes. you know, yes. I'm picturing. This, this is black ops shit. <laughs> Dude, we're in, we're in the Costco parking lot. Oh, I'm you know not. who he looks a lot like is, um, oh my God. Uh, the name just went out of my head. Oh my God. The movie with. Yes. Napoleon Dynamite. Thank you. His brother. Yep. Just like yep. him. Yep. Yes, Napoleon Dynamite. God, when does that name ever go out of your head? Uh, yeah. Also, Today. how did I immediately know who that you was going, <laughs> Thank to, you. going to reference? Yes. yes. This is why we work. He also nunchucks. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it really, that's, yes, that's who this guy, this is what Oaks is like. So according to Oaks, Mark then described what his kids had been wearing that morning to let him know he'd been watching them. Oaks claimed Mark demanded two other secret meetings at a church in Anacortes. During these meetings, Mark was obsessed with getting these wedding photos back and continued to threaten Oaks and his kids. Again, like this isn't black ops shit. Just like you said, like you don't go meeting in secret churches. Like that's just not what happens. No, unless you are a little bit over inflating things in Mm -hmm. your mind and... 
this guy's a jerk and he's mm-hmm. not treating his ex-wife very well mm-hmm. and she's not treating him very well and you and then things calm down and you don't want them to calm down right and so you keep things a rolling yep by or maybe your your rich girlfriend scenario. gets bored with her boy her security ops boyfriend yeah he needs to keep things interesting yeah he's got to keep the attention no yeah 100% yeah, and there's got to be some sort of truth to the wedding photos. Like maybe at one point Mark was like, I want those back or something. Yeah. I don't know. Of all of the excuses for this, like sh- he was trying to get money from us or he would, you know, like there's a thousand yeah, other things. Yeah, he wanted his that, wife back. or yeah. yeah, you know, the reasons why Mark might be stalking Michael Oaks, but no. wedding photos? No. No. He would have just gone over and gotten them. Yeah, right. And and Mark is on probation right now for stalking his ex-wife. And if he gets caught continuing to stalk them, yeah, he'll go to jail. It's a felony. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so this anyway, yeah. not that I have to tell you all of all of you this. We all understand it's just absurd, you know, it's totally absurd. When Oakes tried to explain to Mark that he didn't have the wedding albums, he said that Mark refused to believe him and his anger grew. Apparently, Oakes never told Linda what was happening or that Mark was still watching them. Oakes told authorities that in the days leading up to October 28th, Mark insisted Oakes come to his house for a meeting. Oakes felt he had no choice, so he snuck out of the house he shared with Linda at 2.30 a.m. to start the long drive to Mark's house. I also read in another article that a few days before this, he left sort of at an odd hour, but Linda was awake and the two like had this very long hug goodbye, like embrace, Mm -hmm. almost like she was sending him off to war. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Yep. When he arrived, he told police that he was armed and he had put on a bulletproof vest just in case, but didn't have any plans to hurt Mark. He parked down the road from Mark's house and walked the rest of the way. Because that's also what you do when you're afraid of somebody, like, and you need to possibly get away from them quickly. You're going to park right. down the road. Put your means of transportation as far away from you yes. yourself as you possibly can. And he knows that apparently Mark no- invited him to come over. And so it's not like, you know, there'd be no reason not to park oh, in the driveway. God. Once he was inside, he said that Mark left the room briefly and returned. Mark was holding a gun. Oaks said when Mark pulled the trigger, his bulletproof vest saved his life. So Mark shot Oaks. Yep, sweet. Without thinking, after being shot by Mark, Oaks pulled out his own weapon and shot Mark, killing him. Hey, guy, it's called self-defense. If that's the case, you call the police and you say, look, Uh, here's the bullet. Here's the proof. It's right in my vest. It's the same bullet that just came right out of that gun that's in that guy's hand. Open and shut. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm so or glad I wore this bulletproof vest to meet with my girlfriend's ex-husband. Right. Or if your girlfriend's ex-husband, who just got arrested and charged with stalking, starts stalking you again, you call the sheriff, who I'm sure they were buddies with, because Linda is very, very wealthy. Yep. And you say, hey, do you remember how you just arrested him and charged with stalking? Well, he hasn't stopped. And then they say, oh, okay, we'll go ahead and take bring him in again and yep. keep you from harm. Before anybody goes to secret meetings in Costco. Right? Yes. Oak said that when he tried to leave, Mark's dog, Ding, was waiting for him and tried to have no choice but to shoot the dog as well. By this time, it was morning and Oak's new people would arrive to work soon. He cleaned up the crime scene as much as he could and then he put on Mark's signature hat and coat 
So people would believe it was Mark if they saw him on the property. Ooh, airtight, ironclad. Mm, now we're getting into... into Genius territory. <laughs> no one's a mini match for Mark. It's time to put on the disguise. Hire him for all your security needs. Right? He probably was speaking in a British accent or something. <laughs> He then loaded Mark's body into the back of his station wagon and left as fast as he could. After moving Mark's body into his SUV, Oakes drove to his ex-wife's house for a visit. She would later say that when he arrived, quote, the tension was so thick, the unspoken was so loud, he was noticeably agitated and not okay. When she asked if he was okay, Oakes said, quote, no, I think I'm in trouble. He then told her if the police saw what was in the back of his car, he would go to prison for the rest of his life. He said, uh, he said it was a, quote, job gone bad. Job gone bad. Lived by the idea that there were evil people who needed to be removed from the world and not everyone was capable of taking those people out. Yeah, this guy is mm. delusions of grandeur. Big time. She said he prided himself on being someone capable of doing the hard work. She, she told 48 Hours, quote, Michael Oakes had a dual personality. By day, he was a family guy. And in his head, he had this whole other reality, this action hero persona. Michael saw himself as a protector of his children, of his family, and of all the people who couldn't defend themselves in the world. Yeah, totally. Police played the 911 call from the anonymous person who tipped off the authorities about Mark having drugs in his car. When she heard the caller's voice, she said it was for sure it belonged to Michael Oakes. Yep. So detectives urgently wanted to talk to Linda and believed that she was possibly involved in Mark's murder. But after Oakes was arrested on the advice of her lawyer, she refused to answer any of their questions, which has no doubt saved her ass 100 yep. percent. Yep. Don't talk to police. No, don't. I know. Don't talk to I mean, police. like, good for her. I would like to know the whole story, of course, on this yes, end of, of things, course. but she, she did the right thing for yeah. herself. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with somebody like him. Yes. Sh -sh 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 Mom's the word. Mm -hmm. uh, he will just sink his own ship so exactly. fast. While awaiting trial, Oakes was let out on bail, but he and Linda were forbidden to, by court order to see each other or communicate in any way. Friends of Mark said he never mentioned Michael Oakes. They aren't even sure that Mark was aware that Linda had a new boyfriend. I don't think they had been dating for very long. And really, after he got charged with stalking Linda, he left her alone. By, I mean, yeah, because even after like he got caught in the garbage and that was it, there isn't any indication that he went back over to where she lived. Right. Oak's story that Mark started stalking him for old wedding photos just wasn't adding up. When authorities found surveillance footage of Oakes going into Walmart at 5 a.m. on the day that Mark went missing, they watched as he bought a backpack, weights, anchor line, camo pants, and a camo shirt. Mm -hmm. Items prosecutors would later say showed that Oakes had premeditation to kill Mark and hide his body. Yes, of course not self-defense. Yep. I also read that one of the other reasons why they think Linda was involved is because Michael, who had no proof that he ever actually met Mark mm. in person, but he knew to put on his coat and hat that he wore all the time. Right. And so there had to have been some pre-planning or like, you know, unless he really stalked Mark and like understood that he wore it all the time. But that 
piece would have probably come from Linda. Well, it seems like a very easy mark to manipulate. Exactly, like, right. No pun intended. Yeah, but like, oh, please help me. Please help me. I yes. need you to take this guy out. He's dangerous. And yes. of course he's going to if he thinks he's this like superhero, superhero. character. Absolutely. God, yeah. and why can't we just get those guys to do good? They almost always Seriously. do evil. Yeah, I know because... Like, get this guy out there cleaning up this, like, garbage or something. You know what I mean? Seriously. God, he's got endless energy for helping and being the protector and the do-gooder. Let's go build some houses for people who can't afford them. Yeah, Habitat for Humanity. Protect women going into abortion (laughs) clinics or kids getting bullied, like the bikers who show up and escort the kids to school and shit like that. Do that shit. Don't do this goofy fucking murder stuff. No, no, nobody likes a murderer. No. That is not heroism. So Michael Oakes's trial began in November 2010. Prosecutors laid out all the evidence against him and explained to the jury that the defendant wasn't denying that he killed Mark, but the jury would have to decide if he killed Mark in self-defense or if it was premeditated first-degree murder. I can help you with that, guys. I can help you. (laughs) Fast track this one. Yep. Oaks's attorney told the jury that he had been afraid for his girlfriend, his children, and for himself. When shot Oaks, he had no choice but to defend himself. Once he realized that Mark was dead, he panicked and cleaned up the crime scene and then hid Mark's body. He showed the jury Oaks's bulletproof vest as proof that Oaks had been shot. There was one bullet hole visible in the vest. But prosecutors told the jury it was very likely that Oaks had just shot the vest himself mm-hmm. later to help him corroborate his own story. Mm-hmm. They even had like experts who, I don't, you know, like they do experts, I don't know, using yeah. quotes, but who were like, no, this wasn't a moving bullet shot. It was a standstill bullet shot, which they probably could tell there's a difference, but the, it wasn't being worn by a person moving, trying to get away from a bullet. Yeah. It was just, it was laid just down shot in a yard and shot. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Prosecutors were quick to point out that during a search of Mark's house, just after he went missing, police didn't find a single firearm of any kind. Mark had been ordered to get rid of all of his guns after being charged with stalking. And it seemed like he had act, really followed those orders. He had no gun to shoot Oaks with that day. Well, and again, if you had been shot, you'd shot someone in self-defense, you'd be real happy to produce the weapon that you had been shot. Absolutely. We'll give them the full evidence. Like, here he is. Here's the gun. Here's the scene. I would be freaking out, running away, calling police. Please help me. Oh, my God. This guy just shot me in my bulletproof vest. Yeah. Which would be proof also. Yeah. But, you know, no, none of that. Like, take pictures of me. Here's the bruises. Exactly. Problem. I called the police five times before this because he kept stalking me for wedding photos. Yep. Nobody took me seriously. Forcing me to meet him in clandestine locations. Right. Like Costco. (laughs) And churches. Churches. (laughs) Ugh. The defense told the jury that the reason Oaks purchased the backpack... Oh, God, Courtney, you're going to love this. I can't wait. So the reason that Oaks purchased the backpack rope weights (laughs) was in case Mark... (laughs) That's even better. Uh, Was in case Mark let his dogs loose to attack him. Quote... Lasso them? (laughs) I wish. (laughs) My hope was to attach the weight to a D-ring and then use it to basically access the ladder on the water tower. 
He's going to whoop it up to the ladder to pull it down so he can then get away from the dogs attacking him. MG. Like, what is that called? Like a... Yeah, what is that called? <laughs> like a grappling Shoot, hook. Like a, there, thank you. Yes, he's going to grappling hook his way yes. away from the dogs. That is incredible. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. So while on the stand, Oakes also revealed for the very first time where he put Mark's body. Quote, there's a kind of dilapidated looking dock thing, he told the court. And I got my car as close to that as possible and muscled him out and dropped him in the water. The dock he's talking about is just a mile from Mark's home, but police had searched that water within a few days of Mark's disappearance. Authorities are certain if Mark's remains had been dumped there, they would have already found him. Prosecutors believe that Oakes was lying about where he dumped Mark's body because they, if they found him, his wounds would tell a very different mm-hmm. story than what Oakes claimed had happened that morning. No doubt about it. Yep. They believe it would prove that Mark wasn't killed in self-defense. Linda agreed to testify for the defense, hoping to save her boyfriend from life in prison. She told the jury how Mark had been stalking her and how afraid she'd been for her life. But prosecutors were quick to change the story and asked her if she was involved in planning Mark's murder. But Linda stuck to her story and refused to admit to any involvement in the case. Mm. So once both sides rested their case, the jury deliberated for four days Many waiting for the verdict worried that they were going to end up in a hung jury. But on the fourth day, they came back with a unanimous verdict and found Michael Oakes guilty of first-degree murder. No big surprise. Yelp. Yeah, they said they took so long because they just wanted to be really careful with all, like going through all of the evidence. And they didn't do any, like a lot of times juries will do an initial vote just to see if they all already like agree, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And then they wish they had because yeah. they went through four days of evidence and then they all voted and it was a unanimous guilty verdict. Yeah. There was never any question. No. A few jurors would later tell reporters that the fact that Oaks didn't call police after shooting Mark was the one thing they couldn't get past. Like they could maybe make up excuses for everything else, but that they couldn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ah. <sighs> Yep. Especially when you have somebody who has bad behavior, who's done mm-hmm. aggressive things. Like, that would have been a really believable, even if it was still kind of fishy. Yep. You know, this guy's got a record. He's... Totally. It's It wouldn't be that far-fetched. Nope. And thank God he didn't, so that his family and his loved ones could get justice, because mm-hmm. ultimately... Mark died because some fucking dork set him sights on him. Yeah. And wanted Ugh. to be the, the hero. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine. I can't imagine. Nope. Yeah. And I, th- and I, you know, assuming that Linda was the manipulator here. Yeah. You know, I, part of my, I don't feel sorry folks, but it's sort of like, did he, it just seems something happening for him to spur this on. He wasn't. He had the illusions of grandeur, but he wasn't a violent guy. Yeah, he, that's what I, I mean. I, yes. Right. I think he yep. really believed that he was doing the right thing in yep. all of this and that yeah. he'd get away with it because he's so clever. It certainly know? seems like it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like mm-hmm. just the perfect storm of, you know, dorkiness and vitriol and mm-hmm. manipulation. Yeah, a man dies. A man yeah. is dead. It's yep. just... So hard to wrap your mind around. Yes, it how really it gets, is. goes there that quickly. Yeah. 
So during his sentencing, the judge told Oaks, quote, I almost have more questions now than I had when we picked the jury. Mm -hmm. How does the knight win the hand of the princess? He goes out and he slays the dragon that's chasing the princess. Well said. I don't know where Mr. Stover is, the judge continued, but I'm pretty sure I know where he isn't. And that's off the dock at the end of the Swinomish Channel. He then sentenced Oaks to the maximum time allowed, 26 years to life. Mm. Mark's family was happy to have some justice for Mark, but believe Oaks was just one part of this puzzle. Mm -hmm. They fully believe that Linda was the mastermind and should also be punished. Prosecutors and police on this case agree and say that Mark's murder is still an open and ongoing investigation. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Until they learn why Oaks really killed Mark and who else was involved, they won't officially close the case. Good. Good for them. That would be such an easy one to close. Absolutely. Yes. Especially in, you know, I I keep going back to the fact that Linda is so wealthy. Yeah. And what we know is that wealthy people are protected Oftentimes by police. What? Right? No. No. <laughs> tell, let me tell you something silly. that nobody knows. That yeah, is so the fact so that they're silly. not not letting her just completely get away with it is uh, astonishing. I mean, look at that poor Murdoch family. They are just suffering. They are just being true. persecuted. And the Trump family. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mark's family hopes they will one day find Mark's remains, but don't have much hope. And the happening. Clinton family. I'm just going to put it out yeah, there so you. that we're equal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mark's sister has offered a $50,000 reward for any information that leads to any accomplices in the case. But 13 years later, Linda is still free and hasn't been charged in the case. And Mark's remains haven't been found either. Well, patooey. I just spit out my breakfast wine because <laughs> no, thank you. No. Chateau St. Michel. Yeah, wow, right. God, yeah. scandal nation. I know, it really is. Scandal nation. Ugh. And poor Mark, I'm sure nation. he's at the bottom of the ocean or something oh, terrible. God. Oh, God, I, I hate it. <laughs> his family is poor family. No. Poor, poor family. God, the frustration and the aggravation and the heartache and the heartbreak yep. of just watching... I, Oh, God, these cases. It's like, no. I say it all the time. I would almost rather die of just some weird, uh, unquenchable thirst for murder, you know? Mm-hmm. Like then I'd be like, yeah, well, that's going to murder somebody. And it was the, it was me versus this sort of slow burn manipulation shit where you just watch somebody sort of consume someone you love so much mm-hmm. and turn their sights on them until they're gone. Like that shit is horrible it's horrible when i think about michael oaks's four kids who really were devoted to to their dad and yeah you know made it seem like for sure he was a really good dad to them and cared about them and was goofy and you know the fact that they have to live with the fact that their dad was capable of doing what he did yeah i just i know yeah and i know that two of them i don't know how old 
they were at the time, but I know that after he was convicted, two of them, I think, were old enough to be out of the house on their own, but two of them still lived with Linda. Mm. Like she took them in and was raising them as, you know. Oh my God. Or not raising them, but she was supporting them. them. Yeah. You know, and so like, I just, I hope that that, just for the kid's sake, that the relationship with her is okay. And, you know, maybe she, and I don't know, she's been arrested or charged with anything. Yeah. Um, So I don't want to speculate too much, but. It just doesn't look seems, good. Doesn't no. look good. Yep. So, wow. Welcome what? back to the world, everybody, to the world of They Will Kill. Yeah. And by everybody, she means just you. me. No. <laughs> Sadie's been fully in it. You've all been fully in it. I've been very far, far away from it. Uh, not that far. You've still been on my mind, but. Of I, course. Yeah. yeah. You just had other things to focus on. Yeah. And all I'll say about it. So I think we mentioned it last week, but I. Filmed my first, my first short film. I filmed short films before. It's not my first time at the rodeo. In fact, it's my 15th year at the rodeo, but I have my other podcast, Please Leave, which is a narrative horror podcast. And in November, I started hiring professional actors. At first it was just me and it was like, I'm so sick of doing this myself and it's, I'm not very good at it. I'm okay at it. And uh, so I started hiring professional actors and this English bloke named Ben shows up in auditions and I was like, wow, there's the voice that's always been inside of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are a creative person and you've never experienced that, just wait, just wait until the somebody shows up and brings like your vision to life and is your voice in your head that you've had your entire life. It's a fucking trip. So anyway, <laughs> um, I asked Ben, he said he was going to be in New York in the month of May when we very first met, just offhandedly said a lot, I'm going to be in this play. If you're in New York while I'm in this play, you should come see it. Just one of those conversational things that people Mm -hmm. say to each other. And so I was thinking about it and I was like, hey, Ben, after you do your play in New York, would you consider coming to Michigan City, Indiana to film a short film with me? Because my besties and I have always wanted to film a short horror film and this would be a great sort of promotional thing to do for the podcast. And he said, yes. And so that was in February. Fast forward to one week ago, tomorrow, two days from now. And Ben Chandler shows up in my house (laughs) (laughs) along with a handful of my best friends and collaborators. And we shot a short film and I knew it was going to be fun because I've done this a billion times and production is extremely hard, but it's very fun. It's like summer camp. You just hunker down with a group of people for however many days. In this case, it was basically a solid week Mm -hmm. and just make believe. You just play make believe. Um, And it was that, but it was that times 465 billion. And I don't want to cry about it too much, but all I have to say is If you feel something in your heart and it's burning inside of there and you know you need to fucking do it, you should absolutely find a way to do it. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I didn't, I did not expect, I am not the same person that I was a week and a half ago and I'm so grateful um, for all the people who made it happen and honestly, pushing for this because I wouldn't have done that. I have never done that. I've always been the one who's like, yeah, it's fine. I'll just 
sort of accommodate for, you know, everything else that comes up. And life is always going to come up. And if you Mm -hmm. don't create space for the thing that you need, uh, you're just, life is just going to keep getting in the way. And that's what I've done my whole life. And um, I've sort of pledged to not do that anymore. And not in a selfish way, obviously, when people need me and they, or, you know, need me to create space for them, I will continue to do that. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's like, I may completely different person it's weird so happy i have you guys i have my sister i have my friends i have my fucking pugs and my wife and my beautiful life and and then some random brit shows up in indiana with all my best friends and shit is just exploded shit has exploded inside of me so and you made all of your dreams come true. Yeah. And in a very delusional way, I will also say I just kept pushing <laughs> forward and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how we're going to afford this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And everything just kept falling into place and continues to fall into place. And so <sighs> be strong. And, um, and it's hard to find that thing. And I can relate to people who feel the creativity. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. You know, it's there. The hardest part is finding out what that is but just keep Mm -hmm. doing shit start by cooking learn the guitar get online get on youtube learn how to edit get a fucking 20 dollar microphone off of amazon like sadie and i did (laughs) and just start doing shit and i promise you it will show up i promise i can say that with 1000 percent certainty and then it'll show up and then it will just keep getting better and better and better and bigger I promise. I promise. So, yeah. And if you, yeah, push through that fear of failing, you don't know until you try. Yeah. You don't like it. So, what? Yep. Try again. Try again. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, Ben and I talked a lot about perfectionism. He's, he is a perfectionist and, and we talked about what that means. You know, there's a, I think there's different ways to be a perfectionist. And he said, like, I like that about myself. It makes, you know, I like what that pushes me to do. And, uh, and in a way I do too, but I've learned how to allow perfection to come in its own time, be mm-hmm. something different than I have in my mind. And that's been very freeing. Like my goal is ultimately for things to be very good, but sometimes it takes a while to get there. And previously I just wouldn't do anything if it didn't start out perfect. And Absolutely. that's not how perfection works. So no, that is me to a hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's yeah. anybody. I mean, it's a lot of people, but I definitely think that's people with um, neurodivergence because it's something mm-hmm. we struggle with. We struggle with patience. We struggle with, um, failure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> failure. <laughs> Yep. Oh my, enough about that. I made a promise a week ago and I fully <laughs> intend to fulfill that promise right now. Six shouty outies to your ears today. Everybody. I am. Oh wait, are we doing shouty outies or name time? We are doing shouty outies. Okay. I also have a enormous pile of names. I think I can split them into two because I have so many. Of okay. Them, but. Do you want to do name time first? Yes. Okay. Yes. So hang tight. You little wiggles, because your named your shouty outies are coming in five minutes. But in the meantime, here is name time. If you're new to the podcast, name time came from the Charlotte Grabby episode, which is a very fucked up episode Mm -hmm. in which I brought up a side character named Cindy Pancake. I worked her (laughs) into the story just because I loved her name. And Cindy Pancake, our queen goddess inspired now... I'm assuming it's been over a year, maybe two years of people Mm -hmm. sending us the cutest, funniest 
most adorable, to-be-celebrated names. And today we have someone whose aunt, with the last name Tease, said that when she had a daughter, she would name her Lacey Pam Tease. Oh, my God. She never had any kids. Oh. Lacey Pam Tease. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your aunt is a pun genius and also should be a drag queen because that is incredible. Yes, that's amazing. Uh, Someone has a daughter with a name 43 letters long. She didn't send the name. 43 letters. What? Yes, but they call her Tui. Oh. Um, They're Polynesian. So her name is... That's amazing. Samoan and Tongan. Yes. Um... Oh, she said, translates in English to mean the song of the birds traveling through the trees or some flowery shit like that. I was 19 when I had her and high on opioids. Oops. Uh, (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Okay, things that someone's, since when they were little, little, uh, their daughter called flip flops, clop, clops. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Youngest son would shout, bake a lele anytime they were leaving, which meant be back later. (laughs) Bikalele. <laughs> and they have a nephew that calls bras boobs and ran up to me one day asking if I had as many boobs as his mom did. <laughs> I got more. That's what I would say to my nephew. I got way more. Your mom's got nothing on my boobs. My boobs collection. Uh, someone has tw- a pair of cousins who are twin boys named Easton and Weston. Cute. <laughs> Someone knew a kid named Cash King. That kid, it better be a fucking realtor or else, or else. Or a pawn shop owner. Speaking of which, I was like, what? Butt Traders? There's a pawn shop called Butt Traders. (laughs) (laughs) There is a DJ called Jim Jam. That guy knew what his destiny was. I think this one's come up before, but once again, Congressman Dick Sweat, everybody. Uh, love, love a good Dick Sweat. <laughs> How about Commodore Gary Doodlesack? <laughs> pictures for proof. They sent pictures for proof. Gary Doodlesack. Doodlesack. Commodore Gary Doodlesack. Commodore. A Commodore. How oh. often do you come across a Commodore in your life, first of all? That's amazing. Let alone a Commodore Gary Doodlesack. Wow. George Butters. Bradford, <laughs> motherfucking Bradford. Oh no, Maynard Mole, Yorkie's wow. Knob. I, that's not a person. I'm assuming that's a place. Um, oh no, that is a person. He was a mechanic who helped with the invention of the first hand-powered dishwasher. <laughs> Yorkie's Knob, Knobby Head. Not to Ooh. be confused with Yorkie's Knob. Knobby Head is a historical landmark located approximately 300 kilometers south of Perth which is the equivalent of 42,000 miles. I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> I don't understand the metric system. George Weatherby. Yes. Harry Dickey. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Perv, who's a fifth grade teacher. Uh-huh. Oh, you know what? He's- We're just going to get through all these because there's not that many more and I'm too into them. Uh, Sierra Club Executive Director Ben Jealous. He's Ben Jealous. Oh, yeah. Ben Jealous. People just keeping animals alive. (laughs) Augusta Savage. Anybody with the last name Savage, please. God. Last names. Porn tips. Cockburn. (laughs) Pachette. 
Pecanic. <laughs> Pecanic. Pecanic. <laughs> Phonake Abake. Whoa. Love Chico. Love Chico. Those are last names. Porn Tips Cockburn. Pechanic. Phonake Abake. And Love Chico. God bless America. Wow. And uh, the whole world. Because those are clearly not some American names there. Last but not least, executive producer Bentley Wiener. <laughs> okay, you doodle sacks. Right, Who's you're... ready for some shouty outies? I am. This I also is... love when we get, uh, like, I don't know, over the last few days, we've had like 700 or like seven um, DMs with live names that yes. have started to circulate on Instagram. I just, yes. I love it. So much. He's like, oh, my God, they will kill. They will kill. They, yes. I, yes. Keep uh, them coming. Keep coming. Keep and coming. I'll go into our TikTok, which we haven't updated in a while. And people will constantly tag us and things like that on TikTok. Even I love yes. it. I love it. Yes. Never stop. Never stop. All right. Speaking of never water because I got to get real loose for this. Stretch. You got to stretch out. I mm-hmm. finally started watching Succession, Courtney. Oh, wow. Wow. I know, wow. dude. I know. Wow. I, had, I tried. better. Yeah, I tried um, back in the day, but it was too similar to things that were happening in real life. Yeah, And totally. so I, I had to stop, but I'm now I'm fully in and like halfway through the first season. Man, talk and about love it. topical ass show. They really, and the last couple of seasons, the writing just got so good. I think yeah. it started out kind of goofy, you know, sort of a goofy mm-hmm. fun show, but not a great show. And it turned into a great show. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm fully enjoying All right. You know what else? I fully enjoy <laughs> our Patreon. This is not your. This is not the scary podcast, Courtney. It's scary in a different way. That's just me. Uh, that's my. That's how I warm up for these things. You guys don't know it, but I just sort of <laughs> weave into the darkness for a couple of to get ready to talk to you people. Uh, Who do we have? Thank you so uh, much to. Thank you so much to Alexander. Oh. Okay, Alexander. Well, if you have time from conquering nations, from conquering yourself and finding your soul, if you have time from being the greatest for being the one who knows where to go, if you have time to take a break from shaking down the colonization of (laughs) your truth and of your beauty and being the one to master it all if you have time dear alexander come one come all hooray hurrah it's alexander (laughs) not that you're a colonizer but only of your beauty and your truth i think that's a very positive thing to colonize absolutely Thank Although you. when uh, when I was in Connecticut real quick, we were ta- I was talking to my cousins, we were in New England, and somebody misheard somebody talking about how Ian was the governor of Connecticut briefly. It was a whole <laughs> very brief miscommunication, but then we all agreed that maybe it is time for us to be colonized again. Maybe the bridge should I'm just okay with, take it back for a minute. Just I, like, whew, yeah. let's Give us reset. some health care, let us yeah. go. <laughs> Although, talking to Ben, shit's uh, going the way of the Americas, yeah. no one's surprised. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. maybe not. I don't know. No. But, I would, I would let Australia I would colonize let Australia. us. Yeah. New Zealand for sure. Yeah. Well, I saw a TikTok that Australia has 
an incredibly high rate of neurodivergence, which mm-hmm. really makes sense mm-hmm. why you all are listening and supporting us so, so well. hard. Yeah, it's, that's really funny. It, yeah, it really makes yeah, sense. It, it tracks. Really does. Anyway, who else do we have? Thank you so much to MJ. Okay, well, mm-hmm. let's get down to brass tacks here. What does MJ stand for? Mission juggernaut. <laughs> Not only is MJ on the mission, but they are a juggernaut of the mission. What is the mission? Masterful jazz. (laughs) Jazz is hard, but not for MJ. Even experimental jazz. They are masters of it. What does MJ play in their jazz ensemble? The marimbas (laughs) jacked up. So that means that MJ has to climb a ladder and use each limb tethered to a marimba mallet to play the jacked marimbas. Wow. I know. It's dedication. How do how does it sound when MJ plays the jacked marimba? Motherfucking jovial? Yes. That's exactly that's exactly how it feels. What does that inspire in people? Maligned. Jubilance. Yes. (laughs) Really good at J words. Sign me up for categories. I'm ready. (laughs) Maligned jubilance. And when you feel that way, then what do you do? You, Macaulay, Culkin, Jam sesh. Jam sesh. So you get the Culkins, Kieran, Rory, Macaulay, the girl one. Get them all together. Jam sesh with the Culkins. And then what happens after that, MJ? Mucho, mucho, mucho. Jambo. What does that mean? Well, that is the mystery of MJ. You got to meet MJ to find out. Mucho, 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 jambo. It's kind of like aloha. It's kind of like shalom. It means a lot of things at once, such as MJ, the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega, the kindness, the strength, the gentleness, and the beauty. That is MJ and the Culkins. (laughs) The Culkin family band featuring MJ. (laughs) <laughs> done <laughs> oh my god uh, j, j words are hard what else is there j j, j jingle <laughs> cello jam yeah there's not it's just not is it the most underutilized letter in the english language it's also one of the cutest it is it's like a little hook Oh, grabbing stuff. Fish hook. A grappling hook. Just Yeah, just getting away from those dogs. With swiftness. That's MJ. <laughs> oh, God. Who's, el- who's else? Who else thank, do we have? Thank you so much to Jennifer T. Jennifer. 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 Take it from here. Go. Jennifer then spins around and does a point back at me. And I say, Jennifer, why did you let it go so quickly? And Jennifer says, well, that's the nature of me. 
I don't want to hang on to it. I want to send it on through to you. And I say, Jennifer, I don't think we're on the same page. What are you talking about, Jennifer? And Jennifer (laughs) says, why don't you find a beat court? And then once you find it, I will tell you. (laughs) And I say, Jennifer, that is a good point. You are so complicated. I hesitate to tie you down to iambic pentameter or a (laughs) standard 4-4 measure. And Jennifer says it was a trick. There is nothing that you can find that will keep time and represent me. And I say, Jennifer, I knew it was a trick. You are too magnificent to put on a scale. You are too (laughs) effervescent to tie to a note and stick in my throat and share. (laughs) Jennifer says, you get it, girl. You get me now. Thank you. And I say, Jennifer, this is just the beginning. There is no end. (laughs) <laughs> to Jennifer. <laughs> wow. Wow. Ending on a, on a, what was that, like an E minor? So, like the, the worst note to <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Last but not least, is this six? I think this is five. I think I have to do two more. Yeah. Well, here we got an an Irish name. Oh, God. Don't even get me started on the Irish I've looked it up. I've looked it up. Let me spell it for you first. And then you tell me, you tell me what you, how you think it is. Siobhan. No. Uh, E-I-L-I-D-H. Oh, no, I can't. I looked it up and you will not believe how to pronounce it. Oh, tell me, please do tell. Eilie. Yeah, see, yes, 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 yes. Eilie. I love it. And why? Yeah. Every Irish name is the cutest name. And it's spelled not with letters, not phonetically. It's the opposite. Why is the D and the H completely silent? Yeah. Why is there an S in there that is uh, spelled pronounced with an L? Nobody knows, but you know know. As complex as it is for him to understand how to speak Gaelic, Eilie is that. Eilie is a riddle and a puzzle wrapped up in a, uh, like a hacker screen. Yes. You know, to totally. understand Eilie, you got to dreadlocks as a white person. You have to, <laughs> colorful ones. You have to get rollerblades. You have to have steampunk glasses. You have to wear jackets with lots of buckles. And you have to know how to navigate two, three, four hovering virtual holographic screens at once because Eilie is impenetrable and the clock is ticking down and you are rollerblading back and forth between screens, swiping, 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 (laughs) ones and zeros flying at the speed of light. And you're trying so hard to understand Eilie. You're trying to get to the bottom. You just must know your sanity depends on it. Mm -hmm. But guess what? You're going insane, baby. You're going down <laughs> if you try to understand Eilie. Eilie has to be free. Eilie has to be floating above us, like 
keeping us guessing, keeping us intrigued, dropping little hints and fucking tips and tricks, nuggets along the path to Eileen. <laughs> we don't make up the rules. No. No, shit, the shit has exploded. The microfiche has been compromised. System down. Game over. Eileen wins every time. <laughs> Thank you, Eileen. Thank you. Last but not least. Oh, we did it, y'all. We did it. Yeah. Thank you. So, oh, and we're now to January 1st. Oh, my Happy God. Happy New Year. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Thank you so much to Lindsay W. Lindsay, why when I see you do I cry? But it's happy. It's complicated the way you make me feel inside. Lindsay, why when I hear your name do I curl into the fetal position to try to get back inside the womb where it's dark and mysterious and you know to Lindsay why do you make us feel like flying simultaneously feel like dying in a good way getting back in the womb where it's safe and warm and things make sense and we can find you deep inside or way up high. Lindsay, why? Why, Lindsay? <laughs> she don't know. Don't She's know too either. big. It's too big. You all are too big. You're too magnificent. Mm -hmm. You're too complicated. You are to be celebrated and we celebrate you every week, every day. When we're with you, when we're not. Thank you so Thank much you for being here. So so much for being here. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com, and you can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe to us. Tell your friends. Share the word. Get on yes. Reddit. Talk yes. about oh, this podcast. Yeah. Get on Reddit. That's helpful. Right? I don't even know yeah. why we talk about Apple. Who cares? No, I mean, get on Reddit. Kind of care. But yeah, talk yeah. about us. Tell your friends. Shout at the top of the mountain about yep. They Will Kill. Yeah. Please. Drive up there. It really helps get us. A, spend, <laughs> spend your life savings on some sort of uh, airplane note. Yeah. Get a grappling hook, pull that ladder down, climb to the top of the water tower, tell everybody about tell, us. Tell the people. Um, thank you, AJ Bergantz, for your music. Hey, thank guess you so what? Much. I'm going to be there so soon. Email told me 12 days. Yes. Yeah, so those babies. get ready. They're AJ getting deposed. They're getting deposed. <laughs> Depose those babies. Yep. Time for the suing. <laughs> uh, and remember... Okay, just do it, guys. Just whatever do that it. thing is, pursue it, so find much. it, make space for it. It's worth it. It's it worth is. it. The, the only things that matter in this world are loving each other, being kind, taking care of each other, and bringing your soul's fucking purpose to the surface. Yep. I promise you, it will make you, it will make life make sense. Fuck so much. the nine to five. I mean, do your job and be responsible and take care of your kids and shit. But aside from that, 
yeah, it's just, it's the only thing that matters other than taking care of your kids and each other. <laughs> Don't abandon your children for it. <laughs> oh, Let me be clear. Really? <laughs> or your spouse or your dogs. But All aside right. from that, go, go, go. Fine, fine, fine. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Pee, pee, poo, poo. <laughs> we love you so much. We love you so much. We'll see you real soon. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.